What do you do when you feel stuck, going nowhere, on the verge of extinction? That's easy. You recreate your life. My guest today will tell you how. Let's go. Welcome to the RK3 Show. I'm Robert Kennedy III. RK3, that's me. Welcome to episode 43 of the podcast. We're rolling, rolling, rolling. How are you doing today? (laughs) Have you ever felt just in a good mood? Like nothing really special happened, but you're just super excited. Life is good. You're happy, you're grateful, and everything is just smiles for you. Well, I'm feeling like that today. I actually... I felt like that yesterday, too, and, oh, the day before that, and if I remember correctly, I felt like that the day before that as well. (laughs) So you're probably saying, bro, that was a trick question. No, it's not. I just wanted to share with you one of the reasons for consistent attitude and happiness. Some people might even say it's a secret. You ready for the secret? You ready? Gratitude. That's it. Gratitude. Being grateful daily. I'm actually in this process of writing something every day this month on my Facebook profile. Something that I'm thankful for every single day. And that's the external. That's what what people see in public. But as part of my morning routine, I also write down at least three things that I'm grateful for. And I do that in my planner. Now, I've used quite a few planners and journals over the years, and I'm actually experimenting with a couple right now. But one of the planners that first got me started with this idea of three things I'm grateful for every day was one called the Best Self Planner. Now, it's a great planner, and if you're looking for a planner to help you refocus and make the best of your days, the Best Self Journal is a really good option. I've placed a link for it in the show notes, and when you purchase one, Let them know you heard about it on the RK3 show. I'll share something special with you if you do. Okay, so go check the show notes. Check out the Best Self Planner. Now, I want to remind you about some of the other great episodes we've had recently. Check out episode 34 with Kathy Fayok, where she shares with you how to make money with a book. Also, listen to episode 24 of... The, the, the show with world champion public speaker Mark Brown. And he shares with you some of the secrets of storytelling and his amazing journey from Jamaica with $40 in his pocket. Hey, be sure you grab those episodes. You'll be glad you did. Before we get to the show today, I wanted to let you know about a super special VIP session I'll be doing with speakers and storytellers on December 5th. It's going to be virtual. We'll be doing a virtual two-hour strategy and roadmap session. If you want to build out your entire speaking strategy 
for the year 2020. Know how to book gigs, how to get moving, how to really rock out your 2020 from the stage. Then you want to get into this session. Okay, the cost is $97 and there are only a few spots available. I want you to head over to your2020roadmap.com. That's your2020roadmap.com to grab your spot today. Remember, spots are limited. Grab your spot so that you can be on track, locked in and rocking for 2020. Go over to your2020roadmap.com and grab your spot now. Let's jump into today's show. My guest, Kinja Dixon, has actually been called the number one sales executive in the world. He had a 14-year career as an award-winning sales exec before deciding that he needed to transform his life. Kinja is the author of Recreationism, The Art of Shaping Reality, and he works with people on life recreation and transformation. Are you ready for Kinja? Let's tell the story. I interview a lot of people and we talk about them. We talk about what they do and what they're up to. But I want to flip just a little bit with you. I want to start with your people, your audience. You, you speak to corporations. You speak at universities. You've got a personal development book for youth, for teens. It seems like there's a breadth of, of people and ages that you speak to. What audience, what group? Would you say is, I, you know, I hate to say it this way, but what, what group would you say is your favorite, you're most passionate about? Wow, it's amazing, man. I, because of my background in sales of over 15 years of talking to all ages, genders, races, financial statuses, when I jumped into this world about six years ago, I jumped in with the ability to communicate to all people. So what I've noticed along this last five years since I retired and stepped into this new world is that I equally love all audiences from the little kids, from the foster homes, from the colleges, from the campuses. So what I have nurtured and what I help people try to get a hold of is their spiritual connection that allows them to adapt to all life regardless of what the shell that covers that life is. And that's really what I believe has hindered our humanity is we have favorites. We have sisters that are, are treated differently than the brothers. We have mm. the, the wives that are treated different from the husbands. We have the little baby. Then we have the older brother that doesn't feel like he's getting love anymore. We have so many different preferences that turn into prejudgments that, wow. in, that impact the people that are feeling those prejudgments. And it's just a cycle of prejudgments, preferences, prejudgments, preferences, wars, fighting, arguments. And it's like what I have loved about the human connection is that all of us have life. All of us are striving for the same thing based off our own definition. And so mm. to give you the longer answer, man, I just love all people and I customize my message to get the most out of the history of those people. For instance, when I'm in front of the corporate audience where I'm literally looking like some of their sons <laughs> and they're looking at, you know, they're in their 50s, 60s, 70s looking at me like, what this young buck about to talk about? I cater a message in the beginning that talks about some of the older clients or some mm. of my older book readers that honestly at the end of my connection or at the end of some of my chapters emailed me and said, man, 
I really need to check myself because I did not thoroughly respect what you was bringing to the table because I looked at you and really thought, what is this young buck going to tell me? So to set them up, I kind of make sure I open every single crowd up so that based off of what their usual issue is, the average person in the crowd can get the best from the message. Wow. And, and that's, that's profound. I, I didn't expect that answer. I almost set you up a little bit because it's kind of like cats, cat, watching cat videos. Everybody likes cat videos and they're cute. And I'm asking you, what do you like better, cats or dogs? I'm expecting you to say, you know, you have a passion for the kids because that's, a, that's, that's the real acceptable answer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But, but you're, you had a level of just, there was a profound nature when you talked about compartmentalizing things and preferences leading to prejudgment. So I love, there was gold in that answer, man. I really appreciate that. Thank so you. You, you, have, you have this topic that you talk about and, and you got to this topic because of a personal experience. And a lot of us who speak come at this from a personal experience. And yours was in 2009 when you, you realized from a health perspective and maybe a purpose perspective that there were some things that needed to change for you. What, what was the experience or what caused you to really recognize that you needed to shift? To take it back two years before that date, in 2007, I hit seven digits for the first time in my bank account. I literally Mm. made a deposit, went into Bank of America in my gym clothes. The lady gave me the double look and I left. And for the next two years, I partied. I called people that night, said, hey, I'm buying out the bar. Literally, it was a full-fledged wrong impression of life based off of following humanity's guidelines. So Mm. I thought that I was the man. And because I knew I was just new in this sales career and I'm only at this time, 28. I'm like, I'm already a seven fit. I I don't know if you remember David Chappelle. He says, I'm rich. Mm, You know, (laughs) that's how I felt. So I left. And over the next two years, man, I became a functional alcoholic. I gained over 110 pounds. I remember within those two years, one of my close friends that I worked with said to me when we were at an event, Kenja, you're changing. So I, I literally went through the stage of thinking I was just too big for everybody britches. You know what I mean? And right. I, so when I came home from that trip in 2009, where I looked at that picture that's on my TEDx talk that was of a 300 pound dude smiling in front of the beach, looking really, really happy, but inside just causing all types of damage to my body. I didn't know all this at the time. The first instinct was, man, I cannot continue this. And I'm going to tell you completely honest, I was with my girlfriend at the time. She, her couple, they were overlooking at the pictures. All of them are healthy. They're slim, trim. I'm the only one in there looking like I just eat too much. And I just had a a moment of vanity, man. And it was vanity. It was shame. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I need to get something involved so I can get back closer to the health that I was when I was 18, 19, when I was 180 pounds. Like, how do you go from 100? First of all, how do you go from a seven pound baby, like literally mm-hmm. seven to 15 pounds to 305 pounds? Like I- I'm talking about myself, but I'm a harsh reality person. And when mm-hmm. you really think about that, it was just shameful for me to allow my habits to go out of style like that. But 
at the end, it wasn't just health. It was my alcoholism. I wasn't the type that missed work, but I would drink until I could. When I celebrate, I was drinking until I was toe up. You know what I mean? So right. I, I got the nutritionist. I got, he was also a bodybuilder. We designed a program. And that year was the beginning of an entire new stage of life that has led to everything that has taken place in the last decade. So one of the here, here's a question that I know some people listening are are gonna think right they're, yes, they're saying but Kinja you you had this moment you did some things that that weren't really healthy for you but at the end of the day you had money you had some stuff that you had resources that enabled you access to work your way out of this. You were able to hire and pay for a nutritionist and some of the other things that caused you to be able to get out of that. I don't have that. How do I reinvent myself without the resources that you had? And see what that person needs to understand. First of all, that thought right there is separating themselves from me versus connecting to me. See, mm. once you separate yourself from the person that you're looking at on Netflix or the person you're looking at on television or the book that you're reading, it's automatically going to be harder for you to merge their thought process into your thought process. So mm. that's the first thing I would say to that person is connect with me versus separate yourself because we are all one. Secondly, actually, as I started that process, I started spending less. It only was $100. Every single person has the resources to do everything we want. If we take a moment and stop prioritizing things with no asset value into our curriculum, like no matter what you make, if you were to say, I'm only going to eat literally, I'm going to drink water and buy two apples a day, literally, that's uh, that's a dollar fifty a day. Like literally, right. believe it or not, that's that's what that's the type of diet I have right now. Like yesterday, I ate two apples. You know what right. I mean? Like I'm, I'm I'm the highest value I've ever been in my life. But as you get to that point, you start realizing some of these things I'm putting um, prioritization on are not worth it, and it's really killing me in the long run. So to help someone though with a basic system that to help them recreate themselves. There are four pillars that I realized I've been working on every single day since February 2009 when I started. Mm -hmm. Getting my health better, working on increasing my emotional intelligence, increasing my hunger to gain new knowledge, and getting better at whatever my purpose is for that point. Those are the four pillars of recreationism. I did not realize until I started reading some of my journals about two, three years ago, that that is what has changed my life. Like from the top, when at that 2009, I was just a seven year sales executive that was overweight and was an alcoholic. Four years after I started this process, I won two awards that have permanently put me in the history books for the rest of my life. I was down 120 pounds and started a new life that I couldn't have even predicted. So whoever you are, if you're listening, no matter how much money you have, if you can literally just focus on those four things and working on them every single day and prioritizing that over a marriage, over happiness, over a car, over status, over social media likes, over all these things that that person that she was just talking about probably has prioritized in their list. If they can start prioritizing those four things, they will evolve into another level of human being. 
communication, motivation, leadership, and more. You're listening to the RK3 Show. Hey there, just a quick reminder, if you haven't registered yet, go register for the web class. Five simple strategies to get paid for public speaking. You won't regret it. If you have a story to tell or expertise to share, then you need to hop on this webinar. Isn't it time you got paid for your pain? (laughs) Check the show notes and sign up today. And now, back to the show. You're talking about moving from where we are now to where we actually want to be or where we could be and, and that process. And, and some of that is what you allude to or start to talk about in, in one of your earlier books, The Universal Talk Law. So tell us a little bit about that book and maybe one or two of the most important laws that we need to apply or pay attention to. Well, that book was inspired after the second award that I won that year internationally that put me as the number one sales executive, blah, 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 in 2013. And the whole purpose and intent was to do a little manual for people that like to communicate so that instead of them pushing their idea on someone, the person that they're speaking to can actually be drawn in and want a part of whatever they're selling. And when I say selling, unfortunately, there's a negative connotation that comes with that word because most people that do it do not have the client in mind. They have money in mind, unfortunately. So most times when we think of selling, we don't think about the mother selling her son on being a part of the chess club instead of being in a gang. We don't think about the wife selling her husband on slowing down on those donuts because 10 years ago when he was slim and trim, he was not 300 pounds, but he think, because I pay the bills, I'm good, and I just want the big piece of chicken. We don't think about selling in that standpoint, but what universal talk laws want wanted people to get is that every single thing we do is a form of selling someone to follow our message. So two of the biggest pieces of that puzzle that I recommend in a conversation standpoint is the mindset. And the mindset for anyone that is in any type of communication needs to be to serve. You Mm. are a servant. You are someone on this earth who is meant to help others grow. Now, if you're working in a position where you are selling services, instead of the whole goal being your pockets or your agenda or your quota, you have to eliminate that and just become a master at learning how to serve the variety of clients that you're going to see. What people fail to realize is if they take a step back and do that, All of the tangible benefits that they want are going to come. But what people have done because of lack of understanding of structure is we put the cart before the horse. So we have people running around, stressed out, all this damage to their body with anxiety because their bills are short, but they come home and they watch three hours of TV every night versus three hours of study in their craft so they can go in the next day and have a higher close percentage. The next piece besides mindset of serving is when you're talking to someone, a greeting that allows that person to teach you something is something Mm. that has, oh my goodness, it has had so many benefits 
over the years, man. Like literally when you can ask someone to teach you something about, even if it's as frivolous as where did you get that purse from, ma'am? I mean, honestly, I was thinking about getting my mother something for Mother's Day and that right there, I could see her going to church with that right now. Please let me know. Instantly, the meltdown happens and the persons for a few moments are talking about something, you know, but th these are just little techniques that over years of talking to different people, I've noticed they have a similar effect no matter who the person is, you know, so no matter who you are, if you think about serving, your, your quotas are going to get better. If you figure out instead of it all being about you and find a little bit about them and allowing them to teach you something, their guard is going to dissolve, which is going to allow your ability to go in to open up a little bit. Hope that makes sense. It does. That's awesome, man. So you, you, you're sharing with us not just networking techniques, but you're sharing with us techniques on, about influence and communication as well. So if somebody is looking to begin speaking, looking to begin maybe a leadership position, what are some of the key things that you would recommend that they can do to upgrade their influence potential? First and foremost is to take it back to the basics. They have to look at the grades for their four pillars. See, when you just mentioned leadership position, we have to apply that leadership position to something that has to do with their fourth pillar, which is their purpose. So mm -hmm. if you're going to be a leader, if this is the issue with our humanity, if we have people that want to be leaders before they've even mastered something, <laughs> mm. Like like when I went to China, imagine I went to China to study under Shifu Yanli, a 34th ge generational disciple of the Shaolin Temple. And, you know, my, my understanding of mastery was upgraded. I was doing okay in 2015 when I went, but this was my first time seeing someone that's been training since they were five years old. And I met him when he was in his mid-40s. And every day during our six hours of training, he was the person in front of us actually doing everything he was teaching. And I remember having this thought process about, wow, that is so different from how, quote unquote, leaders are in the in the in the west like mm -hmm. lead, the leader is sitting back on the west the leader has paid their dues so now i don't have to do as much anymore no mm -hmm. a leader is the best person in the room so wow. to help to help that person that you just described they need to take a step back and see what they are mastering and when you become a master that doesn't mean you stop a master is actually the best student because you're continuously learning every single day for the rest of your existence. So that person that wants to be in a leadership role needs to look at what their mastery is and what are they doing daily to get more competent in their mastery. That's the first thing. But then secondly, they have to get make sure they're doing things to ensure their emotional intelligence is increasing. Because once you get into a leadership role, you're going to have haters. You're going to have people that don't want you to win. You're going to have people that don't have the ability to listen to you because they don't respect you because they think you just got your position by luck. You're going to have all types of things. Your wife thinking you're not at home enough. Your husband thinking you're now shining more than him because he used to be. You're going to have all of these things happening. And if you don't have some type of a program to help your emotional intelligence increase, your position will end up controlling you versus you controlling the position. Lastly, Two more things. Hunger to gain new knowledge. That's going to automatically come with the increasing your emotional intelligence and getting better at your purpose. But health. 
How much water am I drinking on a daily basis since I know I'm made of 70% water? How much do I sweat since I know sweat helps release toxins that my body is being? It's almost like, why would I not rinse out a dish rag? Imagine somebody using the same dish rag for five, Mm -hmm. 10 years without ever rinsing it out. So that's our body. If you don't sweat, some of us don't even like sweating. (laughs) So imagine living a life where you are not even used to squeezing out the toxins that this crazy humanity puts into you. And, And then lastly, man, with health, we have five major organs that a lot of us do not intentionally try to nurture. Our colon, our heart, intestines, liver, lungs. A person that's in a leadership position Am I allowing my leadership position to stop me from intentionally helping these organs prosper? Am I just doing anything to think that as long as I get higher on this totem pole, I'm going to be okay? No. The better you can take care of your pillars, the better you will rise in your leadership position. Excuse me, man. I get a little excited, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, man. So let's let's wrap with these last two bits of information. Number one, tell us a little bit about your latest project, and then tell us a little bit about where we can find you online and connect with you. KendraDixon.com is the first website that I launched when I decided to retire from my 14-year career. And that has access to my online program, DixonOnDemand.com, which is an online training program that has access to recreationism, which is my second book, The Art of Shape and Reality, which goes deeply not only into the four pillars, but 21 of my most transformative clients, where they were when I met them, and what we did to help them take their lives to the next levels. And my most recent project was Little Solar's Book of Superpowers. That is accessible bookofsuperpowers.com, which I turned the solar system into a character, which meets seven kids, one in each continent, and help them learn how to become a real-life superhero by utilizing personal development tools. Wow, that was awesome. Life isn't static. It's based on decisions, and we make decisions all day, every day. But we must be willing to make the ones that will challenge us. If we expect growth, transformation, and success, challenge yourself. Don't quit. Go for growth. And as Optimus Prime says, transform. (laughs) Listen, I want to invite you to go over to Apple Podcasts to leave a ranking, rating, and a review for the show. Also, make sure that you go over to Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review there. Then be sure to head over to the show notes to grab the links and the resources from this episode. Listen, I hope you are compelled to jump out of your comfort zone today. I want you to share your story. As a matter of fact, I want to hear it. So share it with me by going to robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail. That's robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail. Or you can shoot me a message, podcast at robertkennedy3.com, and I will respond to you. Hey, y'all, don't forget, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story, and your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy the Third, RK3, and you've been listening to... The R-